You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It is 11 a.m. and I am not Travis Ryer. I'm Jacob Harrison. We're filling in for Southern Fried Sports on a beautiful Thursday afternoon or almost afternoon. Oh, the terminology of time. I've got J.R. Moore filling in for me on the production side. And together, he and I combined to form the 60-Minute Men. Woo! There you go. Always got to be on the spot. If you, if you ain't got the hotkeys, you got to be willing to step up to the mic. And, and deliver something that would make Ric Flair proud. The show is always brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolate Tier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Go check them out. I mean, I love chocolate. You love chocolate. They have chocolate, everything there. And it's an absolute joy just to step inside and find something to take home. 205 752 11 if you need to make an order, or you can drop on by 1530 McFarland Boulevard and pay them a visit. So we got some things to, to jump into today, and most notably, uh, anyone that listens to Southern Fried Sports on a regular basis knows that I fully believe that the San Francisco 49ers have smokescreened us from the beginning since they traded up to the third overall pick from the Miami Dolphins and that it's been a smokescreen the whole time. The 49ers will not draft Mac Jones. I don't think. And it's not to, to clarify things. It's not a situation where Mac Jones isn't good enough for that spot. I totally see him go at four, whether it's to the Falcons or somebody trading up. Could totally see a situation where he's still in the top 10. Could also see him probably fall. Uh, this NFL draft is starting to get a little wild. We're two weeks away from the first round, 14 days. But nonetheless, it feels like now more and more people are starting to, to catch on. And, you know, I've been saying it throughout the day and throughout the weeks that it, it to, to me it was obvious from the beginning because of how Mac Jones skyrockets as soon as the trade happens. Oh, this trade, it's for Mac Jones. Uh, and then immediately coinciding with that is Justin Fields and his stock absolutely plummets. Questions about things that aren't legitimate questions about him. Calling him a one-read quarterback. Saying that he has accuracy problems. Saying he has leadership problems. And all these things are things that have been put to bed on him way early in the in the scouting process. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the class, probably the most accurate, to be honest with you. Uh, he showed the toughness as, as a leader uh, by throwing six touchdowns with broken ribs against the Clemson Tigers. Uh, and, and all this other stuff. There's nothing to worry about with Justin Fields because he's QB too. And we as analysts and speculators and, 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 and self-proclaimed scouts have to go out into the, to the masses on, on the Twitter machine and let our opinions be known and, and have the fiery opinions so that people will, will follow us and listen. I like hot takes just as much as the next guy when they're rooted in logic. There's no logical reason 
for Justin Fields not to be the second or third quarterback off the board. Uh, in an ideal world, to me, Justin Fields goes second overall, and then Zach Wilson actually goes to the 49ers. But nonetheless, you know, it, it's funny because we're also at that point where we're starting to get very odd describers and very odd reasons behind why Justin Fields is now possibly the guy, right? It's not because he's just flat out the better quarterback. And I'm sorry if I, if that offends you. Just know that for the past four or five months, I've been the biggest Mac Jones defender in this entire building. Uh, so take it for what it is. I love Mac Jones. I think he's going to be successful in the NFL. But as far as ranking them in the draft goes, he's the fourth best quarterback in the draft. That being said, hilarity to the fact that uh, William McFadden, who's a freelance writer uh, for the Falcoholic, pays a lot of attention to the Falcons. The Falcons are a team. Hold, hold on. That's such a great name. The Falcoholic, isn't it? Name. I've isn't heard it, it before, but that needs to be pointed out again. That is a glorious name. Go on. If, if you can put a holic on the end of whatever it is that you're a fan of, I, I'm I'm all there for it. I, and I know a lot of people might not be all there for it. Falcoholic is, is an incredible name. Uh, but, you know, the Falcons might be in play for Justin Fields. So a guy is... Uh, William McFadden, McFadden is uh, he, he's taking a look and he notices that it, it could be nothing. But Justin Fields played his entire college career with his left foot back in the shotgun, meaning his right foot forward, his left foot back as he receives the snap. But on his pro day, he swapped it. He had his left foot forward and his right foot back. And Matt Ryan did the same. Matt Ryan played with his right foot forward until the 2015 season when Kyle Shanahan became his offensive coordinator in Atlanta. Kyle Shanahan being the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And Clint Lamb, uh, who, who does all sorts of things, outkick, roll tide wire, uh, he does a lot. He's been featured on this station quite a bit as well. He went back and looked and at Mac Jones's pro day, left foot back. Kyle Shanahan didn't tell him to switch. You know, that, that's, that's the, that's where we draw the line. Oh, oh guys. Oh no, definitely. It's, it's a smoke screen now. It's a smoke screen now because there's this minute detail that nobody would have thought of. And, uh, you know, I played along, retweeted it. You know, this, this is it. But it seems so blatantly obvious to me at this point. And I'm, I'm, I'm at the point now where I feel like I'm going to be the I told you so guy. And if I'm wrong, I'll, you know, I'll be the first one to, 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 to eat the crow, say I was wrong, and be happy for Mac Jones. Because I think Mac Jones would benefit greatly from being in a system with Kyle Shanahan and benefit greatly from being out there in San Francisco. That was a team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago, guys. They had an, they had an awful season last year because of injuries, and then they traded up to go get the quarterback of the future because that's what you do in this situation. You find the guy you like, you go up and get him. But see, if, and I know that there's rumors that are coming out that, that Kyle Shanahan offered a first for Sam Darnold to the Jets in order to move up. Uh, not buying that. Didn't come out soon enough. I think that's a load of baloney. But nonetheless... You know, the 49ers have their guy. And earlier in this process, QB2 from the very beginning has been Justin Fields, and he did nothing but prove that he was QB2 in the draft. And therefore, should probably, you know, still be there. And when the Jets have all but but turned in their draft card to say that Zach Wilson's going to be their guy at number two, of course the San Francisco 49ers are going to leapfrog up to three and just bash Justin Fields so that the Jets don't take him 
So the Jets don't change their mind. We're going up for Mac Jones. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, you know what, New York? You actually, for once, you've got this draft thing figured out. Kyle Wilson, QB2. Uh, and Justin Fields, I think he might actually be QB5. That's what the 49ers have been saying to the New York Jets. Don't worry about it, guys. You got it. You figured it out. Don't don't worry about taking Justin Fields. And if it doesn't work and they take Justin Fields, you still feel really good about Zach Wilson because most most scouts would agree that Zach Wilson actually, and Zach Wilson himself has said this, that Zach Wilson would be the best fit in San Francisco. I think that works out really well. What I don't know is what it means for Mac Jones. What I don't know is does Mac Jones now go four to Atlanta? Does Mac Jones have to hope somebody trades up with Atlanta? Let's ask Tom. Tom, you just called in. You want you want to talk about Matt Jones? What's up, man? Jacob, how are you? I'm doing great. You're wrong. Am I? Yeah. Mm. Well, let me put it this way: <laughs> I disagree with you about which part. Forty nine is going to take Mac. What? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they are. I, I don't think there's a smoke screen. You, you've been you've been on the smoke screen train here for a month. Yeah, I stand standing by it. And I, I just, yeah, I, I know you got your opinion and it's strong, but I just disagree with it. I, I think Mac is a perfect fit for Shanahan, and I think what put him over the top, in my opinion, is the fact that. Uh, you know, he's studious and uh, is always looking to improve. I think those are characteristics that um, that they're going to be looking for. And I think it's fit Shanahan. I think, I mean, I, I understand that. And see, when Matt Jones had his pro days, uh, a lot of the talk was very positive around Matt Jones because not because of his abilities as a quarterback, but his abilities as a leader, his ability to take in playbooks and, and all those sorts of things. And then a lot of his intangibles match up to what Kyle Shanahan has had in quarterbacks before. But Kyle Shanahan's never been in a position to pick his quarterback. He's always been an offense coordinator, took over at a team with a good situation. Uh, you know, you, you can kind of point to Jimmy Garoppolo as a guy that he picked, but it was more or less, we need a guy right now. Uh, we we couldn't grab Kirk Cousins, so we kind of had to take the next best thing that's available to us, and that's that's Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think that as as time has kind of went on, they did a good job of making it feel like that they were ignoring Justin Fields. But in reality, Justin Fields is exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants, and Mac Jones was just Mac Jones still benefits from this. Uh, I still think Mac Jones, you know, his stock goes into the top 10 simply because Kyle Shanahan made it seem like that's what he would do. Uh, and I wouldn't be totally shocked if I'm wrong on this, to be honest. Uh, I just I, I just feel strongly that I'm right. Is But for, for Kyle Shanahan, uh, if he does take Mac Jones, I think he still wins. Uh, because, first of all, Mac Jones has no choice but to be successful in that offense because it's quarterback friendly to the extreme. Everybody will say that. But it's also something that fits exactly what he's capable of doing. Uh, and and Mac has said it before. I don't want to go off script of what the offense asks of me. And Kyle Shanahan's offense is very much stay on script and and do what the offense asks of you. Uh, and in that same regard, uh, you know, all these people that have, you know, myself included, uh, that that say, well, Kyle Shanahan would is too smart. He would never trade up to to three to take Mac Jones. Uh, that would be foolish. Well, is is Kyle Shanahan one of the smartest guys in the NFL at at figuring out quarterbacks, or is he not? Uh, and who is? Well, that's what I'm saying. If 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 it's if it's Kyle Shanahan and he moves up to take Mac Jones, maybe he's just smarter than everybody else, and he knows what he's doing. And we shouldn't question him until Mac Jones either is a superstar or he flames out. And I have a feeling Mac Jones would be an absolute superstar in San Francisco. Should that be the be the pick? Here's what I'm going by, too. 
<clears throat> I read a statement by uh, Sarkeesian, and I'm sure you saw it too, but he said, quote, I put more on Mac Jones this year than I have any other quarterback ever. And he digested every bit of it and did exactly what I wanted him to this past year. Yeah. That's, to me, see, if, if I'm shopping a quarterback in the NFL and somebody says that, that worked with him for two years, that goes a long way with me. What do you make of that statement? I, I take into consideration something I heard the other day that, that coaches are are in a position where they're only going to talk up their players publicly. Mm-hmm. And while I, I disagreed with the entire premises premise that uh, that coaches are the worst source that you can go to for players, because I strongly agree with Nick Saban saying these head coaches should, you know, these NFL coaches should come talk to me about my players. Uh, I, I still would would hesitate a little bit with Sark being so over the top praising of Mac Jones, but that doesn't mean I don't believe him because I think we saw that. What, I don't think he would have said it if it wasn't true. Right. If, yeah. If, if he would have been lesser in his statement about Mac saying he's a good kid, you know, he's intelligent and makes all the throws, makes that, all the cliches. The yeah. Co- that's one of the meal quotes. Yeah. But to, to go over the top with that, uh, I thought that's interesting because. He's worked with a lot of quarterbacks. He has a lot of experience. And to say that, I don't think he would have said that if it wasn't true. No, I agree. And uh, I think that that's the kind of statement. And, and, and to your point, you know, and I'm not knocking Justin Field. I think he's a great quarterback. Uh, you know, Alabama recruited him hot and heavy. And uh, when Dayball first got here, you know, he, he camped out on Justin Fields trying to get him to come on to Alabama. And, uh, but he chose to go to Georgia. But uh, the fact of the matter is uh, Justin Fields is a great athlete. And I was kind of shocked by your statement saying he's probably the most accurate quarterback in the, in the group. Yeah. I, I didn't ever, I never saw that. I've, I've he, actually he seen, throw. I've seen guys uh, that, that chart throws for everybody. And, uh, and, and Justin Fields actually turned out to be a part of his analytics. Now it's a purely analytical thing. Obviously Mac Jones is the most, statistically accurate quarterback in college football history but analytically uh it, it was Justin Fields was the most accurate quarterback but i say all this to and to 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 remind unlike other people who uh, say this is a smokescreen and say that the 49ers aren't taking Mac Jones they say it to be critical of Mac Jones and and i i can't be further from that cuz i still think that mac jones well, well what's your point is your point value or what i mean i, I don't under, you said it a lot but i've never understood uh where where you're basing it from is it just justin fields is better period or is it a better value because he can do a few more things than mac I think, I think justin fields is just is is better than mac jones on the on the fact that he has better arm strength and he's more mobile and, and that in turn just, that just makes him a better prospect overall. Uh, now Mac, Mac Jones could totally go on to have a better career. Uh, but when you're, when you're scouting the guys and you're trying to figure out, well, who's got more intangibles, who's got more physical traits than the other guys, Mac Jones just doesn't have the same kind of traits. When you look at Trevor Lawrence, he's got a pluses across the board when you look at Justin Fields, his biggest problem is that he doesn't use his athleticism enough, uh, and he's had some injuries. With Zach Wilson, it's more accuracy, and with Mac Jones, it's the uh, it's the arm strength, and with Trey Lance, it's the experience level. So it it, it kind of just kind of dwindles down on okay, well they've all got these elite traits, their first round quarterbacks, but then you start taking away who still has the most traits when you start taking away their weaknesses. Uh, I got you. So that's where I kind of stand with Mac Jones still being my fourth quarterback, but he still has everything it takes to be great. Uh, and, and he so. still has everything it takes to be a top 10 pick uh, or at least at the very least top 15. I don't think, I think every quarterback's going to be off the board by the time we get to 15. I thought this too. If, if you're later in the round, you're going to a better team. The later you go in the round, the better the team you go to almost always. 
One more time. I said the later you go in the uh, round of uh, in the draft, generally you go into a better team than the ones up at the top. Generally, I mean the 49ers are the best team in the top five, and the Dolphins are the best team in the top ten. Mm-hmm. You know, because of of trades Trade. and so on and so forth. Trade, yeah. And and that's the that's the beautiful thing about the the way the NFL draft has evolved is we've now gotten to the point where teams are willing to trade up and go get their guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I think that that's that's the smartest thing you can do is if you feel confident that you're – and I think that's the biggest praise you can heap on a quarterback is you're our guy. We're willing to give up a ton of assets to make sure we can have you. Uh, and we're already set up for success. When you look at the, the, the 49ers, again, team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago, uh, that their defense is absolutely stacked. Uh, they've got pieces on offense. I don't think they gave up too much to be able to build around whoever their quarterback is, and whoever they take at three doesn't have to play right now because they'll still have Jimmy Garoppolo. So it, it really works out uh, for for whoever goes to that situation to be set up for su- supreme success. But I think wherever Mac Jones goes to, uh, because he doesn't have to worry about going to the Jaguars or the Jets, uh, that that really kind of sets him up for for success too because that kind of narrows it down to okay, well, do the Panthers still want a quarterback? Do the Falcons still want a quarterback? Do the Patriots still want a quarterback? And those are all teams that could win seven or eight games this year and possibly be in a position to win playoff games, or they're bad and you didn't have to play, and it works out for you anyway. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you, Tom. Great conversation. If you want to call in, 205-342-9904, we're going to continue a conversation about some draft stock. Uh, Devontae Smith falling, Christian Barmore rising we'll also dive into the transfer portal discussion uh yeah i i don't have the same opinion as most of our hosts on side 100.9 so uh i'm I'm sure somebody will want to argue with me and i'll welcome it 205-342-9904 this is southern fried sports on side 100.9 we'll be back right after this from the university of alabama this is crimson tide today it's a daily update on Bama Sports, and it's brought to you by SunSouth John Deere, the preferred tractor equipment for Alabama athletics. Visit sunsouth.com or any of their 21 locations across the southeast. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama baseball is gearing up for a Thursday to Saturday series against the Auburn Tigers at Sewell Thomas Stadium. Head coach Brad Bohannon gives his thoughts heading into this rivalry series. Uh, really excited about the weekend for all the obvious reasons. Um, you know, not just Auburn being a, an in-state rival, but, you know, we've, we've had a good week. We've won four in a row, and, you know, we're putting ourselves in a position where, where it is a big weekend, you, you know, where we can really accomplish, you know, some, some big-picture things. So it's going to be a real challenge, you know, don't let Auburn's SEC record fool you. They're 1-11, they're but nine of their 11 losses in league play have been by one or two runs. They've been in virtually every game. I'll have more in a moment. Have you priced a new John Deere tractor lately? SunSouth John Deere has a full line of affordable lawn and tractor equipment this season. SunSouth John Deere has an affordable roster for everyone, from riding mowers to utility vehicles and lots of tractors. Stop by any of the 21 locations across Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia, or visit sunsouth.com to find out what is right for you. Any budget, any project, SunSouth has you covered. Proud to be the preferred tractor equipment dealer of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Join us Thursday afternoon for Crimson Drive on the CTSN Facebook page. Streaming live at 2 p.m. Central, we'll have conversations with Alabama football alum Miller Forrestall, baseball's Owen Diodotti, and softball's Kaylee Tell. That's Crimson Drive this afternoon at 2 p.m. Central on the CTSN Facebook page. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Sun South John Deere. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny today. Tuscaloosa's high at 70. Fair and cool tonight, the low 47. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy. A chance of light rain late tomorrow night, the high 68. Saturday, rain ending during the morning hours with a high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied.
You know, I mentioned the word analytics and our group chat blows up. Uh, I'm not like, I'm not the nerd pencil pusher. I just take everything that that's available, you know? Nerd. I mean, I am a nerd, but like pencil pusher. I'm not going to, you know, strictly say, oh, well, stats are the only thing to live by. Analytics are the only thing to live by. The eye test is the only thing to live by. No, you can pull from multiple sources, guys. That's how you avoid echo chambers, right? Hey, James, if you want to fight about it, we can fight about it. It's all good, man. <laughs> but, I mean, Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Mac Jones. It's just the reality of the situation. Uh, I'm Jacob Harrison. This is Southern Fried Sports. You know you know that when I take over Southern Fried Sports, uh, I just talk about the NFL draft because I'm a lunatic. I, that's all I care about, apparently, uh, in the world of sports. But I do keep it tied back to the Crimson Tide. And Cowboy's on the line, and he wants to talk about where Najee Harris is going. And Cowboy, I got to let you know, it's it, it it's probably Pittsburgh. <laughs> where did you say? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Well, that would make you happy. That would make me very happy. I'm actually, I'm at a point now where... I I tried to set myself up where I'd feel really good about 20 players at 24 just so I couldn't be disappointed. And now I've gotten to the point where it's nausea or bust and I, I, I need to seek professional help. Oh, good. <laughs> um, well, I, I kind of thought you might be looking for a center there with your Steeler love, but Wait, I can understand nausea. Yeah, I'd, I'd also very much welcome Landon Dickerson. Oh, yeah. You're, I know you're advocating for him. Maybe maybe you could get a call in to John Mitchell and tell him you're a Alabama uh, radio host in Tuscaloosa. You've got inside track about uh, Landon Dickinson to help help the Steelers pick him. <laughs> I mean, something to that. I, I well, I, I told Gary. I think Landon Dickerson's the only guy that we're we're waiting on some some real medical news. You know, outside of him doing cartwheels. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know that that lets us know that he's healthy. Uh, and that would that would be the seventh guy that could break the record for the most first rounders in a single draft, or a, a, yeah, a single draft for the Crimson Tide this year. Right. Did you see the uh, piece uh, "Road to the Pros"? I saw it this morning driving. I tried to stop it and I lost it. I had to finish it. But oh, Najee Harris, how his life started, and uh, all that kind of stuff. Which will is that the uh, I don't. Is that the ESPN one or the AL.com one? AL.com. Okay, I, yeah, no, I haven't seen that one. I'm surprised an Alabama beat reporter didn't bring this out to us uh, in fandom land a uh, long time ago. You know, uh, Najee kind of grew up on the streets. Uh, his mother here to there, lived in cars, and uh, it's really a neat story. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's really neat. Uh, People need to check that out on mail.com. Yeah. And, and, Harris, Road to the Pros. And I saw one for uh, ESPN. It was, it was named something similarly, and they were doing it for, for a ton of players, and they've got multiple episodes on ESPN, and they had one for Najee Harris where he was visiting a, a child that had uh, brain surgery for a tumor right before the Ole Miss game. And then, of course, you know they developed a relationship, and he goes out and scores five touchdowns against Ole Miss. And it was – it was a pretty neat story too. Uh, I mean, Najee is such a high character guy. Uh, yeah. And I think that, that, I mean, that was one more thing that was like, okay, well, if he can't score 60 yard touchdowns, that's one thing, but he's going to average five yards a carry. He's going to catch the ball a lot and you don't have to worry about anything off the field being negative. Cause it's all 100% positive. Right. He kind of reminds me of one of those guys. It would be a, like a real Rastafarian that had a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, insight he could he could uh, he could tell you and I mean he's he's very wise you know yeah I think I agree uh, I, I will say he I, go ahead go ahead no you uh, go ahead well I was gonna say you, you said the word he reminds me uh you, you know I I live on two spectrums on Twitter I live on in, in Gumpland as well as the Steelers and uh, Steelers radio media has been been getting roasted here lately. Uh, and and it, it, it kind of got sparked up a little bit more when one of the radio personalities in Pittsburgh called uh, Najee Harris the next Eddie, Eddie Lacy in the NFL. What do you think about that comparison, Cowboy? 
Oh, I think he's a little more dedicated to his craft than Eddie Lacy was. Um, I don't think, if you look at Najee's body, I don't think Najee's going to let himself get out of shape because of his way his life started. He knows what hard work has gotten him. You know, I, I kind of heard about Eddie once he got the payday, he was happy. You know, football what is important to Eddie is that I think it would be to Najee Harris because Najee knows where football got him. Yeah. Um, if you look at that piece on AL.com, uh, you know, if it wasn't for football, Najee, you know, he might, he might not be in a good spot. And football was his ticket just to him having a life that is going to be very uh, beneficial for him. Yeah, I, I I think Najee's set up for success in, in in multiple ways, and it's not just his his athletic ability. It has a lot to do with his mental capacity as well. Uh, like I said, I think that's what's kind of pushed him into the first first round as as a solidified first rounder. Uh, and I can't wait. I mean, yeah. Even if he doesn't go to Pittsburgh, uh, even if he doesn't go to Miami, which is my second favorite landing spot for him, uh, no matter where he goes, I'm just excited to see him in the NFL. Much in the same way that I was with with guys like Tua. And uh, yeah, and, and, he, and Henry Ruggs, you know. If if he can't go to Pittsburgh for your sake, you know where I want him to go. And I think he might help get him over the top. Well, I know Brian Dayball in the Buffalo Bills. Yes, with yeah. Josh Allen at quarterback. Did you it, see Josh throwing him balls out of the backfield? Hey, that's terrifying. I mean, a backfield consisting of two behemoths like that 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 can that are just superstar players that that make plays. At any given moment, between Najee and Josh Allen, I mean that that is that is a recipe for disaster for the entire AFC. <laughs> yeah, and he could every time he scores a touchdown pass on a throw, he could wave at Todd McShay and say, "Hey, Todd, how do you like this, baby?" Well, what's really interesting <laughs> about Todd saying that, uh, and I don't, I don't, I, I didn't look too much into it. I don't know when Todd said that, uh, yeah. or, or in what frame of reference. Uh, and I, I respect the hell out of Todd McShay, uh, mm-hmm. but. One of Najee's actually really good comps is Matt Forte, who's a guy who played for the Bears for a long time, uh, was a guy that would go a thousand rushing and a thousand receiving and and catch like a hundred passes for the Bears. Now the Bears didn't really have any other options. Uh sorry, you know, Joe, but you know, the Bears were pretty terrible at the time. But nonetheless, uh, you know, that's kind of what Najee is. The offense in Alabama really just didn't give him the opportunity, but we saw when he caught the ball. He was dangerous. the The first hurdle against South Carolina, uh, that was a pass play. the The big catch on the sideline. I want to say it, it was it against Notre Dame. Uh, you know where he goes up and he looks like a tight end, just just you know reaching up to the top shelf over a defender. Pass play, like he's got that within him. He just didn't really have a lot of opportunities at Alabama. Mm-hmm. I I don't. I respect McShay. I I just couldn't believe he said that. I don't know, but. Maybe he's got better insight than me from what I've seen. But from what I've seen, I, I don't think his pass catching is any problem. No, not but, at all. All right, Cowboy, yeah. we got to run to a break, man. I appreciate it. All right, be good. good Absolutely. Time. You as well. Sorry about getting cut off there, but a uh, good roll tied to Cowboy is always fun to talk to. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, 205-342-9904. I mean, NFL draft. I'll talk to the transfer portal if the opportunity arises. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe Ludman will call and, and yell at me for for picking on him. But uh, nonetheless, this if is Southern Fried three times. He might do what? If we say his name three times in the mirror and spin around, he might. Oh well, I don't have a mirror. Uh, but nonetheless, this is Southern Fried Sports. I'm Jake Bears, and that's Jr. Board filling in for me on the other side of the glass. We'll be right back right after this on Tide 100.9. Your Hi, it's Jay Barker. It's hard to believe A-Day is this Saturday. Join the Tide Tailgate team live for a two-hour A-Day broadcast from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. for the Walk of Champions, brought to you by Townsend Nissan, your hometown Nissan dealer. Catch the best analysis of Tide football from some of my former teammates, Italk SEC Scott Moore, and maybe some special guests as well, and myself on Tide 100.9. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
Hey, JR uh, just sent me a, uh, a good tweet from Out of the Box, the Out of the Box pod. Uh, Friends of Tide 100.9, Tom Canterbury and uh, Gray Robertson. And uh, matching their reactions up with the pitcher that allowed the first hit to be the first home run and the first three RBIs, a three-run home run for Kylie Haney in last night's softball game. JR, you were at the game, man. Uh, run ruled, all good stuff, you know. So we'll, we'll get JR's thoughts on that in just a minute. But if you want to call in, 205-342-9904 is the number to call. And, uh, you know, we could, we've got a, a little bit more time here. Uh, to discuss all things NFL draft. We'll get into the transfer portal here in a minute because I have the uh, dissenting opinion of the entire state of Alabama, I would imagine, outside of you know like our, our head basketball coach. But nonetheless, uh, JR, you were at the softball game last night, run ruled. Uh, the softball team has had its ups and downs in the eyes of the fans, but I think they've, they've stayed relatively consistent right at the top as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they're still just as dominant as they, as they were uh, two years ago. Last year was a bit of a fluke, but two years ago where they were expected to, to darn near get to the nat- national championship. I feel like they're right in line with that now. Um, ups and downs, I think would even be a stretch there. Uh, they've yeah. only lost five games this season. Uh, if I, if I have my memory correct and, um, uh, they only have one non-con loss. If, if also, if I remember correctly, and it was South Carolina or South Alabama, South Alabama. Yeah. That's which also was also the only school in Alabama to beat the university of Alabama, which was one of the best pitching performances. The Crimson Tide have seen from the opposition all year. Yeah. Now, Alabama does have Florida coming up this weekend. Uh, I know, uh, Gary and Karen Johns, his guest, uh, as they previewed the game, or the series said that they would split two to one in favor of Alabama, but nonetheless, I mean, you know, Florida is one of the top teams in the nation too, just like Alabama. So you you've got to bring it uh, and go out there and take them down. Uh, let me check the score for you real quick, but I'm pretty sure they just went down last night to UCF, which was uh, an unranked school. Let me double check that for you and come back. Okay. So diving into uh, the transfer portal. So I, I know that I have the dissenting opinion here. Uh, but everybody gets all up in arms about, oh, it's going to be free agency now. It's going to be, uh, it's going to damage the sport. You know, a lot of the the same old arguments. You know, about anything changing ever in sports is, oh, it's going to ruin the sport. Uh, you know, sometimes those things are fairly obvious and they still get done, like putting a a runner on second base in in extra innings. Uh, UCF. Yeah, I didn't want to uh, interrupt you there, but UCF did beat Florida last night. UCF was ranked. They're ranked number 23, number 25 in softball rankings. Um, it's it split between a couple sources, but yes, UCF did take down Florida, number four, number five, Florida. And, and, and you know, you know, Florida's bad then. You, know, you, you don't have to get up for Florida then. You know, it was in Gainesville too, seven to zero in Gainesville. Even worse. Florida's done. They're roast. You know, you don't, you don't have to worry about Florida. Alabama's are crushing, you know. Just because they lost to a non-con opponent, yeah, that, that's kind of the 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 attitude that was being taken when when Alabama was supposedly going through hitting struggles. I, I don't know, I don't know, Tom. I, I still think you 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 want the Crimson Tide to get up for the Gators, right? Right. I mean, when you have freshmen hitting three run home runs, uh, I was on that Zoom conference with Patrick Murphy last night, where he was talking about the only person on his lineup card that did not get an AB was Montana Fouts. I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, every single person got an AB. There were five people that went two for two. Um, pretty much the rest of them went two for one and got a 500 for the evening. Uh, I don't see any batting struggles this week, at least. No, and, and Montana Fouts one of the best athletes on campus. So, I mean, had she gotten an at-bat, probably would have sent one out too. So, I mean, let's just, let's just be real. Uh, but back to the transfer portal. Uh, while we got a few more minutes in this segment, I think this is incredible. Uh for all of college athletics. And the reason why is because we need to stop acting like players are pawns for entertainment and not actual human beings. Uh, I was listening to, to Gary during his show. Uh, you know, it's part of my job. And he was talking about how in, in reaction to what Nate Oates had said about the transfer portal uh, and, and how Alabama has seen a lot of the positives out of it, hasn't had to feel too many negatives. Uh, and that that's mostly because of, you know, the success of it all. 
you know, when you're good, your good players stay, and and the guys at the bottom of the roster are the ones that leave. And when you're bad, oftentimes it's your good players that leave. Well, it's not all about wins and losses. All these extravagant things that could happen to your your school. Uh, you know, your quarterback gets mad at, at the coach and in practice right before the season starts. So he just, he bolts, right? Let's be realistic. That's, it's a possibility. Okay, we're all humans. We all have emotions. We all do drastic things, right? I'm not saying that none of the 130 starting quarterbacks in college football would ever irrationally make a decision at some point. I mean, they throw interceptions. They're, they're fully capable of, of making an emotional decision in haste. But we're fooling ourselves if we act like just because they're human beings and they're they're capable of error, that they're capable of in a mass way of just destroying the sport that not only that we love, but that they love too. You know, they're they're the guys that go out. You know, whether it's sp- football, basketball, so I whatever. You know, they're the ones that go out there and actually play the sport. They're the ones that that arguably probably care just a little bit more. Uh, to be real. And for all these years, for all these old head coaches, uh, and I mean old head coaches, uh, that they get to go on and say, you know, well, I took three jobs in four years at you know X, Y, and Z schools, uh, but I'm 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 against even a one-time transfer where you don't have to sit out. Like, this isn't. It's not that serious. Like it's sports, guys, and and these guys are getting their education. Like they still have to go to class, right? Yeah. When these kids can't uh, transfer, they transfer to a new school. They transfer to new classrooms. They transfer to new friends. Um, a lot of these coaches transfer from multi-million dollar paycheck to multi-million dollar paycheck and just wear a different color hat every other year. Right. Like it, it's it's important to to these players uh, that that they set themselves up for success just as well and that's what coaches do coaches take the best job like we all love steve sarkeesian right but the a on his chest and and the crimson color of his polo was just that there was nothing that that extra serious to it and that's why when texas comes calling with with an excellent job offer and a fat paycheck that steve sarkeesian does it and he goes and he puts on burnt orange and a longhorn logo instead of a script a and you don't blame him for one second but the second Henry Tooto is ready to go play at Alabama. Tennessee fans are up in arms. Yeah, because you're losing your best guy. But then, you know, a, a, a lot of the opinion then stems around, oh, well, this is bad for college football because then it's just uh, free agency. So things went badly at Tennessee. So now he's got to leave Tennessee and go to a good program. Well, duh. I was a college student at Faulkner and things went terribly. So I went to Troy because that's what was best for me. Right? Like, don't don't we all do what's best for us? Isn't that a really simple thing to do in 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 human life? Like we get a we get a better opportunity to go do something, we go do it, right? Let's take a break so that we can come back and we will uh catch Pat on the other side of the break. I'm Jacob Harrison, SJR Moore behind the glass, breathing a sigh of relief that I'm taking a break. We'll be right back on Southern Fried Sports on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny today. Tuscaloosa's high at 70. Fair and cool tonight, the low 47. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy, a chance of light rain. Late tomorrow night, the high 68. Saturday, rain ending during the morning hours with a high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Getting ready to close her down on a Thursday. 
For Southern Fried Sports, I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for Travis Ryer. Got J.R. Moore behind the board for me. Let's step out to the Peter Brook Chocolatier Hotline and welcome in Pat to the show. Pat, what's going on, man? Good morning, Jacob. And, uh, man, there's a, a deal at, uh, in Ohio, the state of Ohio, that they want to make a license plate that depicts Devontae Smith crossing the goal line in a championship game with a uh, receiving touchdown against uh, – and it shows the Ohio State guy uh, trying to grab for him, but it, I mean, but it, I mean, the text on it depicted that Devontae had scored on the deal, and they want to make a license plate. My question is, should Devontae be able to get a cut of that? Because what it's for is for anybody in the state of Ohio that wants to have an Alabama license plate uh, to be able. Uh, for 30% of that money to go to uh, students that are going to the University of Alabama. Uh, first of all, I think well, from it's, the state of Ohio. First of all, I think it's hilarious that uh, the best way as an Alabama fan in the state of Ohio to troll Ohio State fans is by having a license plate with Devontae Smith scoring a touchdown and the natty on it. Rent-free, state of Ohio, rent-free. Right, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, but but- you... Y'all are aware of that, correct? No, I, no, that's the first time I'd heard about that. But uh, okay, it's on, it's on the number one thing on Google uh, right now. It, was, it comes up everything that uh, the University of Alabama comes up at the top of my telephone. And uh, the reason I was asking about that is, uh, I thought there was something that stated that a student athlete could not be wearing a University of Alabama jersey or anything that represented the University of Alabama in this name, image, and likeness. And would this be a case, but being that it's another state doing it, that he, stay, he, he, he should be getting a cut? If his name, image, or likeness is on there, he should be getting a cut. That's pretty That's pretty self-explanatory. Like, if I have uh, a, uh, a Ben Roethlisberger license plate on my Alabama tag, Ben Roethlisberger's still going to get a cut of that, right? Because it's his name, image, and likeness. I, that's how it should be. Whether or not it is, I don't know. Uh, yeah, because... well, that, that was my question because I couldn't quite, you know, I, because I've been keep reading about this stuff about, you know, how they're going to be able to make money unless, oh, you know, they're, I mean, they could be wearing crimson, I mean, or houndstooth or something or another. Uh, you know, like, say, Toyota of Tuscaloosa has a, uh, Oh, you know, uh, Devontae Smith, uh, you know, being that, now that he's graduated, it doesn't matter, but if he had it before he had graduated and it had his uh, picture up there with a Toyota or Corolla or whatever, you know, yeah. that he would get a, he'd get a cut. But at, at, I thought I was reading where that they can't have anything that references the University of Alabama in the advertisement. Or whatever it is, at whatever way they're giving the right. uh, player to endorse something. Yeah, so I, I've I've heard that being a part of the the situation when all this does get kind of resolved. Uh, and to me, it's kind of difficult uh, in a lot of situations to be able to use the name, image, and likeness of a college athlete without the without, without some reference to to the university, right? And that, that well, that's what see, wanted you, wanted you to look up. But we've that seen it before, though. We've, yeah. we've seen it before, like Gatorade ads and whatnot, where like Eli Manning is wearing a, a all-black jersey with a 10 on it. Like, yeah. you know, you can avoid it, uh, but you're not going to be able to depict certain scenes. But that's the thing is this name, image, and likeness thing isn't it, – it, it's designed to give the players compensation, not designed to give the university's the compensation. compensation. Because when yeah. you do involve the university, then they have to get theirs too. Right. Okay. Yeah, it, you can't it, use it's clear without giving them. Right. So it's clear that tag has it being, especially being that they've got part of the natty uh, or part of the uh, logo from the championship game in the background of the tag. I don't see how it. I mean, you know, it, it totally is. Hey, man, I'm afraid their lawyers will get involved in this. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like something they're going to actually be able to do. As funny and as awesome as it sounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, hilarious for poor Ohio State fans. And notice I did not say the Ohio State bad up because I don't give them that much respect. Hey, I, hey, my, hey, my family goes back to Michigan ties. I can't give them too much either. 
There you go. Have a, have a blessed day, Jacob. You're doing a great job, man. Thank you. Appreciate Bye-bye. it, Pat. Take it easy. Uh, got just two minutes here, but listen, uh, I, I, I've, I've been on it before. Okay, I, I've talked about how I think college football is broken and all that sort of stuff, and I ain't got time to get into it now. But but paying these players, giving them back what they deserve in compensation for their name, image, and likeness is the right human thing to do. And allowing them to, to transfer at least one time without having to sit out an entire year of their life from the one thing that you know that that they they need like to survive. Uh, those are those are human things to do. Yeah, they're they're sources of entertainment, but they're they're people. They're human beings. Uh, and they're young ones at that. So, you know, stop depriving them of, of, of a little bit of decency uh, in their college journey and their athletic journey. Let, let, let these guys go out and uh, earn for themselves. And not just in a way, I, I point back, Marcus Lattimore should have been a guy to have a great NFL career. Uh, and it didn't work out because he got hurt because he came back for his senior year. He is the epitome of the guy that everybody – respected the hell out of him and then respected him more because he came back for his senior year and he was set up to be a top 15 pick as a running back and he goes out and he hurts his knee and, and he's never able to fully recover. He's never able to get back to, to who he was and he got crap all for it. Got nothing for it. Marketable player, respected player, did everything the right way and he lost. But yet we still try to suppress everything these guys can get. I don't understand it. Let's let them be human beings first and then college football players, college basketball players, college athletes, college athletes. I'm Jacob Harrison. It's been fun. Show brought to you by Peterbrook Ch- Chocolate Tier. J.R. Moore sitting in for me. The Jay Parker Show is up next here on Tide 100.9. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. <laughs>